For the People News Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. Today is Friday, March 22nd, 2019. This is episode 9, and the title of this episode is Things Are Getting Beyond Insane. Before we get started, don't forget to like us on Facebook at For the People NN. Okay, so hopping right into the headlines today. Internet service providers in Australia and New Zealand start censoring the internet. And I quote, We appreciate that the necessary the necessity to ensure free speech is carefully balanced against protecting the community. With these sites continuing to host disturbing content, we feel it is the right thing to do to block them. Now, in fact, some of these block sites have even have even been unfairly bashed in the mainstream media as refusing to take down offending material. Let's be clear, guys. Each and every single one of these blocked websites operates lawfully. That includes removing illegal material when requested. They're not just going to keep it up there on their sites. That's a good way to get forced out of business. These internet service providers in Australia and New Zealand have taken it upon themselves to play judge, jury, and executioner, and they're condemning these websites and their visitors just for executing free speech. So that's something that we need to keep a lookout for because something that the U.S. does is watch New Zealand and Australia and try to follow some of the laws that they implement. It's almost like they're the test subjects before they use it here in America. Here's another headline. This is getting a little strange. Rod Rosenstein will be staying on to investigate himself and the FISA warrant. That's a little weird. I mean, isn't that a little conflict of interest? How are you supposed to investigate yourself in a criminal matter? The only thing I could say at this point, something is very wrong with Trump, or they're blackmailing him. I mean, all you really have to do is Google William Barr to find out that he was a Clinton Bush attorney who worked for the CIA. Now, I'm going to do a whole podcast on William Barr, so stay tuned for that. But, I mean, does Trump have a plan with Barr in place? Is Trump signaling to his enemies that I now own the deep state? Or is Barr the deep state's ultimate and final weapon against Trump? Good questions to ask. So, Trump's got to tread softly here because if you think about it he he's still surrounded by a few bush clinton swamp creatures such as national security advisor john bolton and also vice president mike pence who is in an ideal position for a coup against trump and believe it or not he remains very cozy with the clintons you can see how they position themselves around trump right from the beginning Now going into the financial news a little bit, an impressive 46-page Value Investor Club write-up on Tesla was published on Monday and promptly leaked thereafter, which, not surprisingly, pitched a short thesis which sees the stock price first drop into Musk's margin call level at roughly $200 a share, after which a massive reset as core investors dump, and that'll send it below $50 a share. Tesla is in effect a modified Posse scheme, if you think about it. Throughout its history, the company has has financed operations by announcing a new product, originally the Roadster, then the Model S, the Model X, Model 3, the Semi, Roadster 2, now it's the Model Y, as well as the Vaporwave full self-driving package. And then it takes deposits for the product before it even ever designs a production system for the product. 
The company then spends the deposits on operating expenses and the capital expenses to manufacture the original product. When the company is close to running out of funds, the company announces a new product and takes deposits on it in order to finish the production of the first product. Since 2008, 78% of Tesla's cash flow from operations has come from customer deposits. Now, if anyone's familiar with the financial world, that's not a good thing. So Judicial Watch is coming out and saying they estimate that at least 900,000 illegal aliens voted in the midterms. Massive voter fraud, maybe? I don't know. And this is coming just a couple weeks after Judicial Watch came out and said that there was, I don't remember if it was quite as many as the number that he projected here in the midterms, but it was kind of high for the presidential election in 2016. So this big thing's going around now, especially with the Democrats and people on the left, about abolishing the Electoral College. Now, we can't do that. That would be a mistake, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But there's one thing that a lot of Democratic governors and states are doing, which I really don't have a problem with, because a lot of these states have already been doing this. So I, I can go with them on this part. Colorado governor signs law that gives states electoral votes to national popular vote winner. Now, that's nothing different than what California, Connecticut... Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington State, as well as the District of Columbia, they all do the same thing that Colorado just signed into law. They all give the electoral voters, the electoral votes to the popular vote winner of that state. It's, they've been doing that for a decade now, so that's nothing new. So a few more states are following their lead in doing this, which, like I said, really can't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. Now, alleged political analyst Matthew Dodds, his argument for abolishing the Electoral College is completely insane. A vast majority of Americans support a president being elected who gets the most total votes. Abolishing the Electoral College is not a radical position. Electing the president by popular vote would expand the number of states that are campaigned in, give more Americans a say. Bless your heart, Matthew. But that's not how this works. That's literally not how any of this works. Abolishing the Electoral College would definitely not expand the campaigning in more states. It would actually do the opposite. It's a mathematically and politically charged statement. He continues to say, a national popular vote would increase where candidates campaign. Today, they only campaign in five or six states. Under popular vote, candidates would have to campaign in 40 states. Totally wrong. They wouldn't have to bother with the tiny states which only have a few votes. Representation of the rural areas would disappear. There would be none. They would campaign where the highest concentration of votes are. That's not Mississippi, the Dakotas... Delaware, Alaska, Rhode Island. That's just a few, a few cities on the east and west coast. You would literally remove 30 states from any political power whatsoever by getting rid of the Electoral College. That's why, as states, we elect presidents, not as people. Remember, we're not a democracy. We are a republic. 
And we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And the Democrats and the left, they like to portray that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by 1.5 million votes. Which, on a national scale, that's not a lot. But let's the one thing they leave out, there are 3,141 counties in the United States of America. Trump won 3,084 of them. Clinton only won 57. There are 62 counties in New York State. Trump won 46 of them. Clinton only 16. Clinton won the popular vote by an approximate 1.5 million votes. In the five counties that encompass New York City, Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Richmond, and Queens, Clinton received well over 2 million more votes than Trump. Therefore, these five counties alone more than accounted for Clinton's win in the popular vote of the entire country. These five counties comprise of 319 square miles. The United States is comprised of 3,797,000 square miles. When you have a country that is almost 4 million square miles of territory, it would be ludicrous to even suggest that the votes of these who inhabit a mere 319 square miles should dictate the outcome of a national election. Large, density populated Democratic cities, New York City, Chicago, L.A., they, they shouldn't speak for the rest of the country. And this is why we have Electoral College. It's a safety net, so everyone's vote counts. Very important. That's it for today. Remember to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash for the people NN. Thank you for tuning in for For the People News Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. Until next time.